listener production. Okay, are you recording? All right, Paul Kelly, you've toured the world and you've rocked shows left, right and centre. Everyone bows down to you, but are you ready to take on the Howie Games Artist Series player profile questions? This is a real test of you, I think. Oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> you <laughs> don't know? You're not, you're not feeling me with confidence, Paul. <laughs> we'll find out. I'm sure I'm ready. Okay, but, all right, here we got? go. Nicknames. PK's probably the most common one. It's a bit, bit uh, obvious. But uh, because of... For a long time with uh, the Messengers, my old band, they called me Nelson. From, Nelson? Because of Nelson, Nelson Piquet, the, oh, the driver. that's the Formula One driver. I the like Formula that. Uh, Nelson, yeah. <laughs> Piquet now is going to try and go round the outside and field nerves off. Field nerves off. He's lost it. He put his wheels on the grass. He's off. Piquet leads with Rosberg second. Now, that's good. I'm so, I'm going with Nelson. I like that. The, the famous Brazilian world champion. Nelson Fico, yeah. yeah right, Nelson, what's your favourite food? <laughs> oh, I, I love food. I guess from childhood, Sunday uh, Sunday roast, roast, roast lamb and the, and the roast, roast potatoes. Um, and the gravy, surely. And the gravy, yeah. So can you yeah. cook? Uh, I'm an okay basic cook, yeah. So for someone important to you, is coming round and you're trying to impress them with the number one Paul Kelly dish. What are you going with? Oh, I like um, I like to make a you know good curry from scratch Ooh. or you know a fish stew, um, a rock and fish stew is something that I, I like to do with um, you know fennel flavours and onion, potatoes and tomatoes. Um, making me hungry now. You're making me yeah. hungry with the sound <laughs> of the fish stew. So three three people from any time. Um, cliched question, uh, coming to this dinner of fish stew at your joint, you're <laughs> cooking for three people of any time that you've met, you haven't met, alive, dead from history. Who are the three people that get the fish stew at Paul Kelly's table? Well, Shakespeare would be first, William Shakespeare, because um, he's my fa- favourite writer. And also, I've, you know, I, what little we know about him, he appeared to be amiable company and uh, you know, a good person to have a drink with or gather, gather around a table with. Maybe Cleopatra, very smart. She spoke a lot of languages and she, you know, she obviously uh, had incredible charisma mm. with um, capturing C- Caesar and Mark Anthony's hearts. So, and, you know, she's at a pretty interesting period of history. So, yes. she should be good to talk to. So, we've got Shakespeare, uh, we've got Cleopatra. <laughs> she's I mean, a pretty eclectic mix. So many, maybe Emily Dickinson, the 19th century poet. I love it. I think she might be pretty quiet, but uh, um, but she'd be a very interesting person to meet. Finish this sentence for me, Paul. Before you perform, you always do what? We have a brother, Pete. That's with the band. And our brother, Pete, is the strength that our drummer, Pete, concocted many years ago from what we had on the rider. It was vodka and uh, lift. And he just made a short, like, uh, short little glasses of... Um, Mainly vodka with a little bit of lift in it, and we just as in have... lift as in the soft drink. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. Then we just get together and knock it back. I think we did it one night, and then we had this really great gig, and then <laughs> from then on, we've always had to have a brother Pete, <laughs> and it's evolved a bit over the years because there's some non-drinkers in the band, so we've got a, a non-alcoholic brother Pete, and uh, <laughs> we've also got um, we, lately we've taken to gin. <laughs> Right, I'm going to whip myself up a brother Pete in lockdown. What was your first? What was your first ever car, Paul? Um, it was a Vauxhall 
the English English car, I think, in Adelaide. Yeah. And your very first ever job, the first thing you ever did and earned some form of compensation for it? Uh, working at Heine's Nursery in Adelaide, uh, plant, you know, just looking after plants. And then pretty quickly after that, I worked on the India Pacific on the, on the railroad as a sil- silver boy. What's a silver boy? Uh, wash the dishes. Um, this is when the Indian Pacific had all, you know, uh, well, they probably still do, three settings of uh, dinner and you'd had to have the, the very high standards with uh, all this. We had to wash the dishes and also polish the silver. So were you on the train itself as it was going yeah. across the Nullarbor? Yeah. Right. And also <laughs> make the beds, make the crew's beds. So, so What did you get three, paid for that? What, what were you getting paid to be a silver boy? <sighs> I thought it was great money at the time because we were getting, you know, obviously over because you, you'd be going away for three or four days from Port Perry to Kalgoorlie was was uh, <laughs> was my section and then we'd wait for the train to come back from Perth and catch it again in Kalgoorlie because we were like the dinner service. I can't remember what it was. It was, but it was, seemed a huge sum because you got all the overtime. How was life in Kalgoorlie when you had your days off when you're waiting for the train to come back and pick you up? Uh, was it usually just a night? And then would catch the train. I think it was back okay. the next next morning. But that was it. I was pretty young, but there was you know a lot of lot of good pubs there. I was pretty wide eyed, and I was probably not really publishable what I got up to in Calgary. <laughs> okay, we'll um, leave it there. We'll <laughs> leave it there. Um, you've obviously got a job that you love. In fact, it's probably not a job to you. If you could swap jobs with someone, whose job would you like apart from your own? Oh. <sighs> I always thought being a sports writer would be a pretty good job. Yes. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Are you a man that starts the paper at the back like me or are you more worldly and starts at the front and then eventually ends up at the back? I'm a back of the paper man. Um, Good man. I have been ever since I was a kid. And, you know, Samuel Beckett. Samuel Beckett was too, I've heard. heard. Right, there you go. We're in good company. Um, Who do you enjoy uh, reading in sport? There's quite a few people. I really Gillian Gideon Hay. Yes, uh, I love Malcolm Knox, uh, Greg Baum, mm. um, Peter Roebuck. So the cricket writers. You've you've listed a series of generally cricket writers. I have. Um, yeah. But I also remember Martin Flanagan from the age when he, when yes. he was writing football, and um, I was living in Sydney in mid to late eighties, and at that time you couldn't get much. Footy news at all. I used to. I lived in Surrey Hills and, walk, and walked down to Central Station to get the Age <laughs> uh, from a little newsstand there, and, and uh, I went straight to the back page to read Martin Flanagan's footy reports. So, yeah, yeah beautiful writer. Um, what is the best piece of advice you've received on your journey, Paul Kelly? Probably from my, my grandmother, who was a singer, um, opera singer. She said, "If you ever get, if you ever nervous before you're going on, just." Breathe slowly and breathe deeply. Hmm. And she was an opera singer, was she? Yeah. Yeah, she and her, my grandfather. Yeah, they, wow. they were Italian opera. Huh. Um, what is the best concert you have ever attended that wasn't Paul Kelly? There's two that, I think, am I allowed to give two? Just of course you are. You can do what you want. It's your show. Uh, I think Christy Moore, the Irish singer at the Dallas Books Hall way back in the probably the late 70s or 80s, early 80s. Uh, what was really amazing about that concert was that I didn't know much about him, um, but I, I'd gone, I went with Tim Finn. And uh, this was a solo show, walked on stage and sort of a bit of a sort of 
crumply suit and um, there was a big Irish crowd. It was a Friday night, big sort of Irish expat crowd in the crowd in there, and they all had quite a bit to drink, so they were quite rowdy. And he was he was grumpy to start off with, and uh, he was you know they were calling out for this song and that song. He says, and he sort of told them off a bit and said, "Listen, let, just let me get into the show. I just need to get into the show. Just give me some time, and I need to work my way into this." And sort of that's exactly what he did. And he sang every kind of song. He sang funny ones, angry ones, political ones, love songs. He, he used the Boran a bit, you know, just to sing a cappella. And he just sort of gradually sort of, I guess, unfolded in a way, relaxed. And then he, you know, started, you know, being more uh, friendly with the audience and taking requests. And it was just the show had everything. So uh, sticks vividly in my memory as a as something about. Uh, it was just such an honest, genuine performance, and I uh, took a lot from that. And, and just for sheer excitement and musicality and great songwriting, was um, Paul Simon's tour after he put out Rhythm of the Saints. Yep. So he put out two records in a row there Graceland, which was hugely popular, then not long after Rhythm of the Saints, which also did very well, but I think was in a way dwarfed by Graceland. But in that concert, he did songs from both records, had this amazing band, Brazilian players, and it's that combination of lyrical songwriting with really amazing rhythms and melodies. Where'd you see him? Uh, Rod Laver. Rod Laver. Yeah. I don't know how technically savvy you are, although setting up the, your ability to record this podcast, you've impressed me because you're through 95% of what the guests are able to achieve. What are the two most used apps on your phone? Uh, it's a probably, probably AFL football. <laughs> Good. Um, and uh, Bean Hunter. Bean Hunter is this great app for, for finding out the best coffee huh. close to you, and that's really handy when you're touring. And it's been very, you know, especially... Touring in the States, which for many years, coffee desert, it's got better. But um, they thought Starbucks was great coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what you, what's you go to order? What type of coffee drinker are you? Are you a, a Melbourne coffee I'm, snob or not? Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, a, nearly as much a snob as some people I know who complain when they can't get good coffee and Gundagai on, on tour, but I won't mention any names. <laughs> what's um, your go-to? What's your go-to coffee? Uh, a flat white, a strong flat white, so okay. yeah, an extra shot. But um, So Bean Hunter is, is this app that you can it just find uh, the best coffee near, near you, wherever you are. I haven't heard of that one. Righto. Uh, what is your favourite item in your wardrobe? Probably what I'm wearing now. It's not just an old uh, elephant tracks hoodie. Elephant tracks is a... Sydney record label by my, run by my friend Tim Levinson from The Herd. That's your favourite item. Um, I don't know if you watch much telly. Obviously, we've all been locked down for a f- period of time. What are you currently watching, if anything? Uh, well, the footy finals. Um, yes. You know, like a lot of people, did various um, Netflix or binge or there's been some great shows on binge lately which... Uh, Have you got a I recommendation re- for me? Uh, Mayor of Easttown. Um, oh, yes. I've what, seen that. That is yeah. outstanding. White Lotus. Oh, I saw that. That's in the holiday resort. Yeah, that's a pretty good one too. It yeah. was a slow build for me, that one. My yeah. wife loved that one. And have you seen Mr. In Between, Australian one? That's the one I was going to recommend to you. I'm two and a half series <laughs> in. The funniest show I've seen for a long time. Disturbing yeah. but brilliant. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Brilliant. So, yeah. Great recommendations. <laughs> um, Favourite movie of all time? Ooh, Unforgiven by Clint Eastwood. Oh. Yep. Oh, I guess they have it coming. We all have it coming, Captain. 
Some legends will never be forgotten. Some wrongs can never be forgiven. Unforgiven. The Sound of Music. Sound of Music. That's mm. slightly different to Unforgiven. I like the different uh, varieties you're going down there. Yeah. Well, the I mean, that was just a big movie as a, as a child. And I also, you know, I watched it as a child and it was one thing and I watched it as an adult. It was something else again. It, the... Uh, have a musical set in World War Two, and the the, the way that uh, yep. all the all the, the the menace and the horrors of the war hovered around the edges of that movie, and the, uh, one and and then at, at its heart, it's a musical and a love story. So I think it's a great movie. Did you have a favourite TV show growing up? Uh, our parents were, you know, they sort of believed we shouldn't have too much. We we didn't get TV. Mm. We had we hired a TV on the holidays. Well, you uh, just got it in for the holidays and then shipped it back. Yeah, <laughs> and then I've never heard of this before. Eventually, eventually, we we got TV the whole time. Uh, I remember, she, remember my mother's favourite show was I Love Lucy. So, oh yeah, uh, I think that was that was a big one at home. Um, and there was that little little music show GDK before Bell okay. Bird in, in the evenings. And then I remember I Claudius, the, uh, the very, I think probably must have been one of the very first sort of long form series or mini series uh, based on um, the Robert Graves books mm-hmm. about the Roman emperors, and that had Derek Jacobi in it. And uh, again, that, I remember watching that with with the family, and uh, uh, my mother loved that show too. You, you would have been flat come the end of the school holidays when old mate in his van came to pick up the TV <laughs> and it disappeared out the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Um, we, we all played a lot of sports, so it wasn't, okay. yeah. <laughs> Hence you're perfect for this show. Uh, are you reading a book at the moment? I'm reading this big, long English novel from the 19th century called Middlemarch by George Eliot. George Eliot is actually a woman. That's George Eliot's a pseudonym. Huh. And that, that's a great book, incredibly sort of, uh, I guess, at heart. It's the way that people say or think they're doing one thing, but they're actually doing another this is what all great novels show. I'll investigate that one. Do you have a favourite book of all time? The Complete Works of Shakespeare, maybe. Right. Um, wow. but, but if I was to pick a novel, um, yep. there's a, me- a novel by a Mexican writer called uh, uh, Horsh, a really hard name to say, Horsha Ibagen Gosha, okay. <laughs> um, big long name, called, a book called Two Crimes. He only wrote, well, the... Only two novels of his I know are one called Dead Girls, which is also really good, and Two Crimes. And he, he got killed in a plane crash, this author, Jorge. Oh, it was quite sad. But Two Crimes is a very funny book, political book. Uh, it's also a, a thriller. It's not that long. It's just I've, re- I've read it about three times now in my life. It's, it's, it's funny and insightful at the same time. Brilliant, because I'm just about to finish my book, so my next one to read will be Two Crimes. Uh, do you listen to podcasts? Yeah, quite, yeah, more so over the last you know, couple of years. I, I never w- was that big on them, but I've got more and more so. Can you give me one that you like listening to? Oh, my, my favourite by far is this one called uh, The History of English Podcast. The History um, of English Podcast? Yeah, and it's by Kevin Stroud, an American, with this fairly um, sort of jaunty voice. But it's a history of the English language and goes into great detail 
it's quite, gets quite, it's sort of repetitive, but I don't mind that because it sort of helps you sort of cement some of the information. Okay. His original intention was to do the whole thing in 100, 100 episodes. He's up to 151 and oh. he's still only in the 15th century. Oh, he's got a bit of work ahead of him there. <laughs> so um, I always get very excited when a, a new one pops up. Of what we would call well-known, celebrity, famous, people with a profile that you have met on your journey in life, tell me one of those type of people or person, I should say, that has made an impression on you. I'll probably say Don Walker, the piano player and, uh, and songwriter for Cold Chisel. Uh, I met him pretty early on when I was first writing songs because he was living with the sister of my first wife. Right. I played him, a, this is probably about 1980, 81, I played him a couple of my songs now, if you know Dan, if you know Don, he's a man of few words. I call him the Clint Eastwood of rock. Um, I played him the songs, and he sort of a little pause, and he said, "Hmm, keep writing." <laughs> okay. And I tell you, that's the best advice you could give to uh, any any writer or singer. He didn't, you know, he didn't sugarcoat it and say, that was great, those songs. But he obviously saw, saw enough or yeah. heard enough to say, keep writing. So and I did. It's paid off. All right, last couple for you. Um, Favourite holiday spot? Uh, I don't know if I, I mean, generally I, I would probably say the west coast of Victoria because that's where I would tend to go and I, I love it. It's not like I have a particular place that I have to get to each time. Because I travel so much for work, it's, my favourite holiday spot is home. Yes. But, um, yeah, I do like to get down to surf beaches, those beaches down there, various locations. After you've sat through the Howie Games experience now, which you, I don't know if we be better or worse for, <laughs> who do you know that you think would be a good guest on this show? Uh, you should get Tex Perkins. Tex Perkins. Yeah. Have you, tr- have you tried him? No, I haven't, but I will once you put me onto him. <laughs> <laughs> Why Tex Perkins? Because uh, of... I love his music. He's done, he's done some, uh, you know, a great sort of, uh, I guess, a great uh, history of recordings and live gigs from yes. the Beast of Bourbons to his own bands. Great songwriter. Loves his footy. Loves loves St Kilda. Would always would always um, be interested in talking sport. I would think, yeah. Right. Text it's, it is. Last two for you. What, if anything, scares you, Paul Kelly? Um. Dementia, or mm. getting getting old and, and not being able to. Mm. I mean, that's, that's not, not. I don't know if I'm scared of it. I just don't want it to happen. No, you know what I mean. It's just a, yep. that it'd be something to to lose that kind of control of being able to think or or read. I mean, that'd be. I'll accept that. You know, I might be able to go kicking the footy or swimming in the ocean forever. I know that at some point that's going to be, or ride the bike all those physical things, but to, to lose those um, mental things I think would be the, the biggest challenge. Final question for you, Paul. Now I need you to set yourself with this one because this is the most important question I have for you. This defines you as a, a man, an Australian, a singer, a songwriter, the works. Are you ready, Paul Kelly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paul Kelly. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yeah. 
Good man. So on certain occasions, yes. Good man. I'm not Paul. generally don't don't generally like to mix my fruit with my uh, <laughs> vegetables, but uh, um, that's yeah. I've I'm certainly open to that at the right time. Good, Paul. I appreciate you joining me on the player <laughs> profile. Your full episode is out as well. Thanks for having a chat with me. Stay safe. You too. Thanks, Howie. Listener.